And welcome to another episode of G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gantz. Again, I'm I'm riding solo here tonight. Mike is not with me. He is enjoying his uh, time off. So uh, continue to keep Mike in your prayers. He's uh, taking that uh, much-needed R&R. So uh, he should be back with us in the new year. In the new year. Man, it's crazy to think that 2021 is over. Uh, and we're going to get into 2022, and I'm kind of ready to get into 2022 the way 2021 is gone. Um, but uh, I don't know. You let me know what you think about that. You ready to get into the new year, uh, or are you you ready to keep this one going? I think most people are probably ready to to see 2022 get here. Uh, we got a good program for you here tonight. Uh, we're going to have Douglas Rogers on. He is Reed B versus uh, Christian rapper, and we're going to talk to him about his faith and music, and uh, excited about that. Uh, next week, I do not know exactly what we have on the docket for next week, but I do know, and I want to let you know, this Thursday night, uh, we are going to have a discussion. Now, I don't know if it's going to be on the G220 radio uh, platform here or if it will be on G220 Ministries platform, but we are going to have a discussion. It's going to be an informal debate slash discussion uh, with a universalist. And so you're going to want to tune in for that as well. Uh, so much going on. There's so many things we want to cover in 2022, uh, so many topics and, and things we want to uh, get out there and talk about. We still want to finish our series on the 1689 Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. We, faith. we are almost done with it, almost done with it. Um, there's 32 chapters and we are close to the end. And so uh, we're going to be excited about uh, getting that finished. And we have some other uh, series that we would like to kick off in the new year. Uh, and still get back to our Proverbs series and going through the book of Proverbs. So all that to say, keep up to date with G220 Radio. Make sure you subscribe on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever uh, you are listening to us. And if you don't like watching us, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can do so on any podcast catcher that is out there. And so we really do appreciate your support. Love to hear your feedback. You can always email us at g220radio at gmail.com. And if you got show ideas, we'd love to take those as well. Uh, so please reach out to us and let us know. So as I said, uh, tonight's program, we're going to be talking with Douglas Rogers. He's also known as Reed B. Versus, a Christian rapper. And so I want to bring him on to the program. This is his first time coming on to G220 Radio. Uh, Doug, welcome to the program, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I've I've heard your name before um, years ago, and I th I think I think it was through Seiko Woods. I think I heard it through through Seiko Woods. Um, maybe something he was talking about with uh, Christian rap, and um, but I also came uh, to know you even more so uh, recently because we have a, a mutual friend and a friend that you did a uh, a, a recent um, song with is uh t demarius De barlow and yes, so um i saw you did this this song with him and I, was, I started to look into your your music and i'm like man this is i like this this is some good stuff here i want to reach out to this brother and uh get him on the program and i see you're up there in detroit area or around that surrounding area yes sir uh, yes sir i'm here i'm here in the cleveland area so yeah you know we okay. are not too far not too not far, too far from away one another. but yeah. uh Hey, brother, I mean, this is your first time on the program. I'm getting to know you, getting to know some of your music. Uh, why don't you go ahead for the listeners, share with us how you came to know the Lord, how you came to, to become a Christian, and then I want to talk to you about 
your music, how you got into music, if you did music before you became a Christian and whatnot. I'd love to hear your story in that. Okay, well, um, I don't know if I want to make a long story short, but you know what I mean? Like, I, my, my, uh, I started, uh, I was, uh, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in church at all. So mm-hmm. I didn't get saved until I was 22, 23 years old. And before the end, I was a, you know, ran the streets, did the typical things kids do. Um, wasn't a terrible kid, but I wasn't a, a good kid either. You know what I mean, so around the time I got saved, I was a, uh, I had just, I, I had, I've been rapping since I was nine, ten years old. So, but I had just started to get serious about music and where I wanted to go, and. At the same time, I was getting serious about the streets and um, thinking that uh, I would have to do more of that to prepare my music career. You know what I'm saying? So before, I, I, w- I never really got into it heavy like my brothers and my cousins and everybody did because I was always scared to go to jail. But um, at that time, I was starting not to care anymore. And uh, it was perfect timing for the Lord to step in and kind of um, kickstart this whole thing. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I had, uh, I had, uh, had a conversation with, uh, one of my childhood friends and my brother in my mother's kitchen one day. And we was talking about, uh, God and whether or not he existed. And, um, so all this was happening at the same time, whether or not he existed and what happened when you died. And I remember my, uh, my my uh, friend said that uh you know it's just nothing you know what I'm saying when you die like it's it's absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and I remember thinking because as I grew up my mother was in the nation of Islam and my father just um he was around but uh um he really wasn't um he wasn't religious either you know he kind of uh, ran the streets too mm-hmm. so um but I got I got from you know growing up my mother being raised in the nation of islam she really she really wasn't practicing when we was growing up but then my mother being in the na- nation of islam we did um pray and we did read the bible and the quran you know mm-hmm. sometimes so they taught us to pray and i had noticed that as i was getting older i didn't really pray anymore i really didn't care about god or anything anymore so when we had that conversation and it hit me that hey we could die and it'd be nothing it scared the life out of me and i went and went into this bout of depression for a while um severe depression severe depression uh suicidal and homicidal depression you know what mm-hmm. i mean so yeah I, re- I went into a real dark place um and uh i can remember i i, I was she's my wife now but she was my girlfriend then and I remember having certain conversations with her that kind of opened me up spiritually. Um, that God was using her in my life to kind of bring me to him, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember thinking in my room one day, I, I didn't know it was, you know, God, but it was it was definitely God at the time. That was telling me, you know, don't go crazy in this room. You know, get up and go to church with your girl. You know what I mean? So one more, when I remember the day it was, it was... Uh, March 27th, 2005, um, it was Easter Sunday. And um, I don't remember what the, the pastor, pre- actually I got saved at a, 
uh, <clears throat> oneness Pentecostal church. So um, they really weren't preaching the gospel. So I, I know I know I didn't get the gospel too much there. But um, I remember going to church that Sunday, and you know they had they they have an altar call is what they call it, and you and you go down and you have somebody pray for you, and uh, that's what I did. I, I wasn't I wasn't thinking I'm gonna give my life to Christ or anything like that. I was just thinking mm-hmm. I don't want to go crazy. You know what I'm saying? And right. So I went down. And this young lady that was down there wanted to prayer, uh, one of the interest, intercessory prayer uh, young lady. She started praying for me. And I remember um, just crying. You know what I mean? Like crying mm-hmm. this, this cry I had never cried before. Like, I, re- I, I remember her praying, you know, because I had told her that I, I thought I was losing my mind. You know, she was praying for my mind. I'm crying. And, um, I felt like when I cried, I felt like the like that weight that was on me for those yeah. months of me feeling depressed and scared, and it was just lifted off me. You know what I mean? So I, then I went home that day, and I started reading the Bible, and mm-hmm. I never put the Bible down. And I kind of like I came to faith through reading the scriptures. Like um, I read the whole in my first few years of being saved, I might have read the Bible front to back two or three times. And mm. as I was reading the Bible, you know, I was encountering Jesus in the New Testament and um, wrestling with who he was, you know, because growing up in the nation of Islam, one, well, having not, I didn't grow up in the nation of Islam, but just having that, that teaching around me. Yeah. One, uh, there is no, there's only one God. There is no man that can be God. That's one. Two, in the nation of Islam, the, you know, Jesus is the white man's God. Like that, that's mm-hmm. somebody that they, you know, that white people made up. So I had to wrestle with those ideas and come into faith. Um, so God dealt with me, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and I came, I came to, I came to faith through just reading the scriptures. You know what I'm saying just reading the Bible on my own and, um, fell in love with the Bible and couldn't put it down. I mean, mm-hmm. I love the stories, love what, love what God was doing. I knew I was different when, when I left that, uh, when I left church that day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And God, you know, did little mini miracles, mini and stuff in my life to show me he was real. And, you know, so, you know, it was a journey from that, from that point on and until it was solid, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, but that's how I came to faith. Yeah. Um, through yeah, it's it's interesting. It, it always reminds me, um, as you was telling your story, it always takes me back to Pilgrim's Progress when mm-hmm. uh, Christian is, you know, going up that hill, and he's he's the whole trip. He's got that weight on his back. He's carrying this bag. Yep. Doesn't even know he's got it. This burden, and then when he's coming to the cross, it's just lifted. It's 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 yes. gone. Yeah, like Christ you know just what? That's takes a, it away. That's a good analogy because I love the, the the Pilgrim's Progress, and I can when I was reading it, I can see my journey in in Christian's journey. So it was it was yeah. That's I, I've never you know you was the first person that I've interviewed that even brought up the Pilgrim's Progress. But I love that um that, that I've interviewed with. I I love that book actually. Um, so yeah. that's a that's a good a, that's a good comparison. 
Yeah, it, it's it's a really good good book for those that uh, may want to get into it. I even had a uh, recently, I think in the last couple of years, a, a animated uh, version come yeah. out, a newer animated version. We watched yeah. it as a family. Um, it was pretty good. Only I didn't yeah. really like the ending as much because yeah. they put the focus kind of on this kingdom rather than on Christ. Yeah. But um, I understood what they were they were doing. But that it's really good to kind of give you that picture of what it's like this journey that we go through and a lot of times we don't realize while we're going through things that even as an unbeliever the lord is preparing us and Amen. bringing us to that point where he Amen. then saves us and so Amen. yeah when that burden is lifted though it is it is so much weight off your back knowing that yeah, it was are, it was yeah it was crazy man um it, and it was it was lifted mm -hmm. like i can't even i can't even explain the amount of relief that I had from just, just that whatever that whatever God was doing through the lady that was praying for me, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I don't, I don't like I said I wasn't I didn't go down to the altar think altar thinking I'm gonna give my life to Christ today. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking that at all, at all. Mm -hmm. That was the furthest thing away from my mind. So um, yeah, it's crazy. And when I really think back on it, it's actually. Um, every time I tell my 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 testimony, it's crazy to think because I would have never thought I'd have been a Christian because mm -hmm. my, my my I was more familiar with Islam. So, yeah. you know, I thought I was going to be a Muslim. I yeah. mean, so it's kind of it's weird. Now, I don't know if you if you know or not, but what would you say to maybe somebody who's listening the difference between like Nation of Islam and Islam? Well, Nation of Islam is African-American. Mm -hmm. It's what started here in America. It's it's a lot different than you know regular Islam. You know yeah. Islam that's from the from the Middle East. They 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 believe in the Prophet Muhammad, but this is is totally different in the way it's practiced and in what they believe in certain areas. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's it's just it's an offshoot. Yeah. Um, of uh, of Islam. Yeah. It, de it definitely seems like that's one of the things. I have a, a friend of mine who uh, goes to our church who um, spent many, many years in prison, and he became very familiar with the Nation of Islam in prison. Mm -hmm. um, and then another group that I run into often on the streets is the Hebrew Israelites who right. are out evangelizing. And when you said earlier that you know the, the growing up in the Nation of Islam, they, they viewed uh, Christianity as the white man's religion— Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, honestly, I think what what I've seen in my interactions with Hebrew Israelites, I haven't had as many interactions with the Nation of Islam, a few people, but not much here in the Cleveland. There may be, but in the Cleveland, I haven't run into many of them. Um, but what I see is, I think um, the way that Christ has been portrayed as this white image has for me, and I'm, I'm a reformed guy, I don't know where you are in that, but I'm reformed and I, I actually believe that images of Christ is a violation of the second commandment. And gotcha. I think that what it's done by putting those out there is put these images into people's mind that then give them reasons to yeah. use as excuses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I can see a lot of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the iconography is definitely a thing that has led to that. Um, so yeah, I can see that. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure if if that's the main culprit, other than people want to believe in something different. 
Yeah. So they they use the the white man's God as the kind of catapult that because at the end of the day, the nation of Islam don't have the same stringence stringence to holiness is 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 as as you know Orthodox Christianity has. Like a lot of these religions, they have things you got to practice in order mm-hmm. to say you're holy, but it's not a it's not a real heart change. It's not right, something right. that's going on inwardly. So. Um, that's, that's what I would, they, they use that as a, as an excuse. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's the main reason. I think it's one of them that they use, but I do think that it has caused issues in that because rather than just saying, Hey, look, Jesus was from the middle East. He would have been dark, right. whether he was black or white or, or just darker shade of Brown, regardless, right. it is honestly, it's irrelevant because if you don't have Christ, you don't have salvation um right. so it's the person and work behind uh what he's done on the cross and uh so i think it's very very uh interesting to, to hear that and i think one of the things that we do see with a lot of other religions is um it always comes down to do and done right like yeah. all those other religions it's always it always it always works out to be works based yeah. Once you get to the nitty gritty, regardless yeah. of whatever it is, it comes out to being works based. You got to keep the laws. You got to do these things, try to be moral. Um, and then, and it's, it's often, um, it's hard because even as a Christian, we struggle, but in that type of lifestyle, you have to put on a front yeah. around everybody else that you're keeping yeah. those moral laws so that you can still be, you know, up there with it. But where Christianity is, no, we're, we're not good enough. Um, it's what Christ has done for us. And we still even fall and, 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 you know, have trials and tribulations and things we go through even on, uh, after we become a Christian, but when we do fall, when we do sin, we can go back to that advocate that we have. Um, and that's the yeah. difference. There's such a peace. It's, yeah, it's a difference. It's yeah. a stark difference. Um, yeah. it's a stark difference because even, even, even Allah, you know, from what I've read about him, there is no assurance. There mm-hmm. is no, okay, this is what you've done. He's he still, no matter what, he can still, you know, reject you. Right. So it's like, and, you, and it's like that in a lot of different religions where you, there's never no real assurance. Mm-hmm. And, and you only get that real assurance in Christ, in Orthodox Christianity. Yes. Yeah. Um, because even some of these, you know, these churches, it's a lot of traditionalism and it's a right. lot of, it's a lot of works based, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's a lot of works based attitudes or systems. Mm-hmm. And, and even, even in our, our in our, uh, in our Christian churches. So yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's imperative that you really read the Bible and, and study for your study for yourself and get, yeah. a, get, get into a good, you know, Bible believing church. Right. You know I mean, no, so, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we strongly want to encourage people to be a part of a local body. That's something I also want to talk to you about a little bit earlier or later uh, when it comes to Christian rap and, and being a, a performer and maybe traveling and doing some, some shows and whatnot and having that accountability. But a few things that you said um, already in sharing your testimony that I wanted to come back to is um, I want to talk about the importance of, as you said, when you became a new new believer, a new convert, that you spent time just you couldn't get enough of the Bible. Mm-hmm. How important do you think that is 
Um, ultimately, I would say, and I think you would agree with me, that's vitally important for the life of a believer, because how are you going to know the God that you're worshiping and and what he is, is um, how we're to live out our faith and practice if we don't know the word, but also right. as a Christian rapper, because what, yeah. I think what we see is a lot of times guys get out there. Um, and yeah. I, I had Chris Jones on last week, and I don't know if it was during the show or after the show, because we were talking and, and I said there was a period where because I like all genre of music. I, I can get into anything uh, except not so much country, but I can get into uh, a lot of different music and I enjoy it. I, I like all different styles. Um, but for a while there, I stopped listening so much to Christian hip hop, except for a few people, because I just I was like, man, I was I had some people on the show in the past that walked away from the faith. And I'm like, man, this is it's very heartbreaking. And yeah. the way we're seeing, you know, a lot of these quote unquote Christian rappers. And then you start to find out some of their theology and it's like, that's not biblical theology. Right. So, so how important do you think that is for someone who ultimately as Christians, we should know the word, but especially if you're going to be someone going out there and rapping while you may not be a pastor, you still gain an influence of right. people who support and like your music. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes we use the, 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 I'm not a pastor thing as a, as a way to, get around being accountable for the things we say. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a problem in CHH um, or Christian rap, whatever you call it. And, and for me, um, like I said, I had been rapping since I was nine. I was rapping when I got saved. The first thing I did was I put my mic down because for me, and I remember people telling me like, man, you too talented to not be rapping at all. Like you should, you should, you can rap about the faith now. And I remember telling them, telling people like, look, I don't know enough about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know what I believe in. And, and one, I was ready to walk away from that lifestyle. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was ready to walk away from that lifestyle, period. Because mm -hmm. to me, I knew what that stage and what that life represented. So for me, I wanted to know God. I wanted to change my whole life. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, uh. It wasn't about um, rapping. It wasn't about um, uh, being an entertainer anymore. It was about really becoming a believer, learning the God I'm, I'm falling in love with, learning about the God that I'm giving my life to, that I'm worshiping. Like, mm -hmm. and um, and I wanted to, I wanted to people around me to know who this God was. So for me, it wasn't about music anymore. And um, I was honestly never going to rap again. So I had put the mic down for like eight, seven, eight years. Oh wow! Um, time, yeah. Yeah. So, so I wasn't, I wasn't concerned with rapping. I'm gonna go never rap again. It wouldn't matter to me if I did or if I didn't. Mm -hmm. So, I, I wanted to learn the faith, and 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 I see that with a lot of guys. A lot of guys are not solid in the faith. They haven't taken the time to study and read and get rooted in the faith. They get saved, and then they jump right out and start rapping. And they really don't know the God they say they believe in. And then mm -hmm. so once you have times like we just had in the last few years, that's where you get the guys falling away. You right. know what I mean? Because they was never solid in the first place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know a couple of guys personally that's, that's, that have done that. It broke my heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, um. But you gotta, you gotta get solid, man. You gotta, you gotta really know. You gotta put that mic down, like I. And I know a lot of people don't want to do that, and they. But for me personally, I put, I put that mic down. It wasn't about rapping to me anymore. Um, um, 
and I didn't pick it back up until I felt like God was calling me to it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the, the scriptures being vitally important to get in and know, and obviously, I mean, uh, we're always still growing, so you're learning new things, but at always. least having those core essentials down. Being so solid. Not, yeah, so being that you're solid. not you're not misleading people or being pulled away by every, you know, a wind of doctrine that comes around. Or yeah, it get, it get tricky because as artists, yeah. and, and I, I speak for myself, as artists, the hardest thing to do was to die to myself, mm -hmm. you know, and as artists, so much of, especially rap, especially in the genre we do, but so much is built upon your skill level and what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as, you know, how, how skillfully you can put this stuff together, you know what I mean? That's the hardest thing to get away from. And yeah. I think that's mm -hmm. why guys, when they get saved, they, they don't die to themselves. They don't put it all the way down. And and um, mm -hmm. you got to be willing to do that. You got to be willing to die to yourself. And and that looks different. And the amount of, the, the amount of time looks different from artist to artist. It might not take eight, right. eight years for somebody else, but you do got to die to yourself. You do yeah. gotta gotta wrestle with and 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 kill yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's yeah. what the struggle is with a lot of guys. Yeah. And as you said, you know, cause that kind of uh, industry or, or uh, if, if that's even the right way to say, but that type of um, line where, where you're, you're, you're making music, you're out in the public eye. Uh, it can become very easy to fall into a prideful, you know, um, place. I mean, we, I think we see it now. I, I have to constantly, and I know I have friends that'll check me, um, but I have to constantly try to keep that in mind because while we're just a small radio show, what social media has done is given everybody a platform now. Everybody. So so rap artists or, or people in CHH who already have platforms, you got to be guarding your heart from that pride. Um, right. Just like, and then 2020, or like, not 2020, but the, the whole social media has made that even easier now because now um, I think there's, there's still people that are able to go into studios and do things, but now a lot of people have studios within their home. They use the social media, gotcha. they can put things out and everybody yeah. can become, somebody and yeah. not that it's wrong to use those platforms to, 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 to glorify God. I think everything we do, we should do that, but you also have to be careful um, regardless of whatever you're using for, whether it's making music or having a radio shows or, or whatever it is to guard your own hearts. Gotcha. You got to guard your heart. Yep. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that I see. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can, because I'm an artist and I see the trajectory, I can see where that's the biggest thing to me. Guys are not giving themselves um, fully to God. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and and doing the art is allowing you not to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that. And that's because it's still allowing you to, to, to hold on to the self. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's still allowing you to hold on to yourself. So you gotta, you gotta kill that and you gotta submit your gifts and your art and your creativity completely to God. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, it can't you can't have no you in there at all. You can't yeah. have no it can't be no you in there. Yeah. But, <clears throat> so also with that reading the scripture and getting solid in your your foundation. Yeah, um, but that's just that if you don't do that, then you won't kill yourself. And that's right. Okay. Right. When right. I say right. when I say when I say kill yourself, that's what I mean. I mean totally giving yourself to the scriptures where you're a void of any of your own thought process regarding anything. Mm. You know, it's, it's, I'm sorry if I'm not um, 
you know, making that distinction because it comes so natural to me. The reading the Bible is what saved my mind. So mm -hmm. I can't, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, like there's lapses that I have now and when that I that I might go without reading and then I have to shake myself back into it. But those beginning stages, um, that's all I did. Right. That's all I did was read the Bible and the Bible saved my mind. Like God's mm -hmm. word literally saved my mind. So it's saved my life. So yeah. for me, there is no separation from it. Like there is no there is no way around it. You can't die to yourself if you're not in the word in the Bible. You yeah. can't do it. Yeah. yeah so well, that brings me to Romans 12 when it says, don't be conformed yeah, to this world, be transformed by the renewal, by the renewing of your mind. mind. Yeah. And yeah. repentance is that, that Greek word metanoia, which means it's a change of mind. Yeah. Uh, how important that is. And God's word does that when we're, yeah. when we're taking in those things. I've seen that. I have a job. I won't say it publicly because I never do that because I have, I have like Hebrew Israelites and other people that are out to get me sometimes. And so I, right. I don't put it out there, but it, it, it allows me the opportunity to listen to stuff throughout the day. So if I'm working six, seven hours a day, I'm by myself, I can listen. And mm -hmm. um, when I, and I've seen it, when I first got saved, like you, I just consumed the word of God, listening to the audio Bible and then finding sermons and, and mm -hmm. um, seminary courses free online. And I'm like listening to these mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I was just trying to consume everything. But I've also seen when I've kind of like, Oh, I need to take a, a break and listen to something, something yeah. different that's not yeah. renewing my mind. It's easy for my mind to want to slip off into something that's right. That's sinful, that's right. You know, that's and right. so yeah, it's definitely. I mean, the word is true, and so when it says renew your mind, uh, it definitely does that. Right. You know? And so, what about also the importance of being um, in a local church under the authority of of a, a pastor or elders, people who can kind of hold you accountable. As, yeah, as I think artist. I think I think that's vital. I've always belonged to a church, so I go to Harvest Bible Church now, and um, so I've never I've never been in a position where I I didn't think I had to be accountable to a church. Mm -hmm. I mean, just as a I don't, I don't know, just as a Christian, like right. you should be involved with the church. Like mm -hmm. so, I mean, it doesn't change when you become an artist. Like right. you're still a Christian at the end of the day. So, yeah, I've never, yeah, I don't even know why that's a, why that's even an issue. But I do know a lot of some, a lot of these artists, they don't belong to churches. They don't have any accountability. So it's like, you know, it's easy for you to, it's easy for you to go your own way when you don't have, when you're not connected to a local body. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, right, right. Yeah, and it's it's vitally important because obviously, if you're an artist and you travel to do shows, you know, um, and, and then you're not in in the area where you can constantly or or be faithfully in a local church, you know, week after week, uh, it can be easy to fall in those ruts. Kind of like when you don't read your Bible or you're not renewing your right. mind with things that thing, it can be easy then to start to slip away. Um, yeah. So, kind yeah, of even even me, no, even me in my work schedule, like it's tough me to be there every Sunday, but I think being connected to mm -hmm. it, you know what I mean? Right. Having relationships there, um, finding other ways that you, like it's, it doesn't, I don't want to say you got to, like, in order to be connected to it, you got to be there every single Sunday, because my life is not like that. The way I work, I work, 
you know, four or five straight Sundays if they that's if they're not forcing us in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. but I'm not apart from people that I've known and love and and you see what I'm saying? So it's like right. you gotta right. You know, well, you that's can't, yeah, that's part of that that fellowship. Yeah, the, the fellowship part of together. it. Yeah. Yeah, and doing life together, you know. Doing life um, together, yeah. Yep, like really yep. becoming, really growing with each other. So it's like, um, I don't, you know, I don't want to make, I don't want to put the message out there like, um, because people, you know, people got different lifestyles, and mm-hmm. and like it is a lot of Christian artists, some Christian artists that have have done this enough to where they can, it affords them to be moving in and out, and they not, they can't be but you still should be connected somewhere. Somebody should be able to pull your coattails when they see you out there tripping. You know what I'm right. saying? I guess that's the, that's the, that's the importance of it. Somebody should at a church should be able to, 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 to say something to you when they see you going off. And if you don't have that because you're not connected anywhere, then it just allows you to go further and right. further into the abyss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, absolutely. And it, it's not only in, in Christian rap circles or, or music, you know, entertainment. It, it is also, I mean, it, it's all over the place. We see this. And that's why it's so important. I, I was listening to somebody, I don't exactly remember who, so I can give the credit to it. Um, but they said something along the lines of when, you know, in the scripture, when it says, um, uh, when it speaks about mothers and brothers will turn against you, they'll, they'll turn. Yeah. And then when, when they all come to Christ and he says, your mother and brother are waiting for you. And he says, who are my brothers and mothers, but those who do the will of the father, right? Okay. The yeah. will of God. And, and he, he was making this point that you may lose some family relationships when you come to Christ or friends, because you don't do the same things you used to do. But you gain so many. You gain them here. The body. Yes. Right. You gain them on this Those, side. Yeah, those the, the I mean, relationships the, are just. Vital. I was talk, I was I was talking to to somebody about this the other day, and I was saying how familial the Christian religion is. Like you can't practice it without community. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't practice because you know you they talk a lot about the the imperatives and the indicatives. Like Paul most times lays out theology first who we are in christ positionally mm-hmm. only so he can lead to how we should be treating each other so if yeah. you don't have that community there it's hard to even practice being a christian because you're not being faced with some of the things that you should be faced with in order to grow as a christian in these community settings mm-hmm. so it's like um you can't separate it like you can't you can't now you know you have introverts and extroverts and you know, people that want to be alone, they feel more, but it's, it's nothing wrong with that. But then you still got to understand that you still have to have someone around you. You still have to build some kind of relationship because just as human beings, that's how we're, that's how we're hardwired. So it's like, um, and God did that specifically so we can grow in him together as a, a body, as a family. So it's, mm-hmm. it's no way around it. It's no, it's yeah. no way you can get around it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So some of the, a lot of these guys be, they ain't been to church in years and like that's that you just you ask it that's just a bad look you know what i mean so mm. yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah we're all we're all just one step away from falling 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I think we look at the guys that fall or walk away from the faith or these pastors who are, you know, found living in some kind of lifestyle. And we think, oh, man, how could this person? But we're all just one step from falling, except by the grace of God. And so right. that's why we always have to to be mindful of that, to be in the word, to, to be right. in prayer, to be in fellowship, to have that accountability. Uh, and like you said, be connected. If you can't always make it to church because of your job schedule doesn't allow you, at least having those brothers around you, those who are, are going to hold you accountable and likewise you and knowing that they have the freedom to do that. And it's not right. like cutting off a relationship because somebody checked you. And so, right. um, and, and I think we need that. I think it's, it's gotten harder within the church because everybody's worried about gossip and slander. And I think sometimes I know I've seen it, um, maybe even been guilty of it myself, uh, where prayer meeting becomes a, a gossip session, a, a prayer yeah. for so-and-so. And so people mm-hmm. get, they, they kind of get reserved to where they don't want to open up. And, yeah. and, 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 but that's the way the community is supposed to be is coming exactly. to one another, bearing one another's burdens weeping with other brothers, you know, rejoicing with them when they're rejoicing and whatnot. Yeah. And it being genuine, like yeah. real, real, real genuine mm-hmm. and vulnerability being vulnerable. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and so it's, it's tough. Cause a lot of, you know, even I've been in, in prayer groups and circles where it's superficial. Nobody's mm-hmm. really being vulnerable or nobody's being genuine. And you just meeting sometimes just to meet and we not really get into the core of what's going on with each other. But then I've been in some great ones where we, we, we really get into the scripture. We get into the word, we mm-hmm. vulnerable with each other. And, you know, it's a lot of growth that takes place there. So, and yeah. a lot of relationships that are being built that last forever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So brother, we've been talking a bit here. I want to talk about some music now. We'll kind of switch over here. And uh, I know this all goes together, but I want to talk to you about your music. Um, Now, when you was growing up, you said you was in the rap for a while and then you kind of put it down for about eight years or so um, to, you know, once you became a Christian, Uh, who were some of the the people that influenced you to get into rap when you was younger? Oh, uh, you had, you had, Busta Rhymes, Nas, uh, guys from here in Detroit, uh, Slum Village. Um, I was already rapping by the time Eminem came around and Jay-Z and them, but, you know, at that time is when I was coming of age. I was a little older, so, um, yeah, those guys influenced me. Um, Wu-Tang influenced me. Uh, anybody that can pretty much rap, you know, and then mm-hmm. at that time, you know, you had B, everybody. Anybody that can rap at that time, everybody can rap at that time. Everybody mm-hmm. was different. You had outcasts out there, down south. You had, you know, I was, I was a, I was a student of it all. I loved it all. So any kind of hip hop, at that time I was listening to, I was soaking it up, and I had a love for writing and poetry at a very young age. So then I just decided to start writing things, and um, I've been writing ever since. Yeah, even the- even when even when even when I had. This is funny. Even when I had put the mic down for those years, I would still be rapping in my head. Mm-hmm. I would still hear beats or whatever and still be rapping all the time in my head. So it's like I never stopped rapping. I just wasn't writing nothing down and recording nothing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things with, with rap music is that it, I, th- I believe it can do that other genres of music can't do is... um 
and and music does this in general. So other genres do tell stories within the music, but right. rap it has it has a way of doing it where they can get so much in in such a short little time. Yeah, um, you know, and so you can really uh, tell a, tell a story in a song or um, like some rappers like put out a a discography dis, discography. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, but, yeah. Where yeah. it's like a a story throughout the 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 song or the the record. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of like what you did, I believe, on um, uh, Micah's birthday. It is what I right? did on Micah's so you, birthday. Yeah, so you kind of went through what was going on, I believe, in your life. And mm -hmm. so um, and that had to be a trying time as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was maybe the most trying time in my life besides mm -hmm. when, we, when I first came to Christ. Just wrestling with my, you know, my wife being sick. And, and, and you know, a lot of people... They think it's about Micah, but it's not really about Micah. It's really about what God was doing in my wife's life and how he was showing me how real he was in the situation she was going through and mm -hmm. um, me dealing with uh, um, um, the, the, lose, the, the loss of my father and him being sick. Mm -hmm. and, and then really the impact that he had on my life that I hadn't really wrestled with while he was here. But, you know, just reflecting on who he was and what he meant to me. He wasn't the greatest father uh, by a long shot, but he was my father. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, you know, you know, thinking about his impact on my life and, you know, um, and, and just how God was moving and being sovereign in that in that time of my life. And his birthday kind of was was catapulted all that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Him, him. So it's like. It's, it's just, you know, walking through that time in my life that was very strenuous, but God never, um, never left me. Never, uh, uh, I never felt, you know, you know, he says that you, he never leave you nor forsake you. So I really yeah. experienced that in, in that situation. Yeah. Really, I really did. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I mean, there's, there's those uh, preachers that are out there that talk about health, wealth, prosperity, and whatnot. And then when you come to faith, nothing ever happens. But that's not the reality. We do experience trials. We experience tribulation. We go through hardships as Christians. And God uses those things. Ultimately, God in his sovereignty has, you know, he's, he's working all things together, all things, right? And yet he still uses that as part to mold us. Yes. You know, so in that situation, molding you, molding your wife, you know, using that situation to do uh, what he's trying to do in your or what he is going to do in your life, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes when we're going through things, we don't see that. It's usually when we look right. back on things. Um, but I know you you in the song, um, you were talking about how when this was going on, you kind of just felt like the Lord was speaking to you or, or giving you yeah. this peace. That things yeah. are going to be okay, giving yeah. you that, that, and and that's one of those things I think that a lot of times people misunderstand is we don't not ex we don't we're not always happy not we don't always experience right. everything working right, but there's a peace there's a joy I that try, we have in Christ. This this is absolutely true. I tried to to um I tried to convey that in this project the best way I knew how. My emotions and my fears and my frustrations. It's all through it. Like I, mm -hmm. I never. It was never no time where I was happy <laughs> throughout throughout right. the experience. But he assured me. He let me know that things was going to be okay, mm -hmm. and it gave me peace. It didn't. It didn't stop 
what was going on. Um, it was still hectic. It was still trying, but he was there. You know what I mean? And I tried to, I tried to convey that throughout that project, like that, that it wasn't, it wasn't rainbows and, and unicorns and bubble right. gum. And it wasn't that it was, it was a tough time. And, uh, and it was back to back to back to back. So I tried to, I tried to, um, mm-hmm. to convey that in that project. Yeah. Well, I definitely was, was feeling as it was going through, you could see the progression of what was going on in your life and, and how you were dealing with it. Um, and, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we, we will experience trials in life and God uses it to work on us. And then when we look back, it, it allows us to then, um, be a, testimony or a a Mm. comfort to others who are struggling Mm. or going through something, Mm. you know, and, and that's, it's just, it's amazing to me how, how the Lord works in, I mean, because we think about the sovereign God, he's working all these things together, you know, and it's, it's just, it's amazing to me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was that, that, that time of my life was just another stamp. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, God is real. It's just a deeper, more intimate, you know, him revealing himself more and more to me. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And even in these situations, I'm still good. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like even in the passing of your father, I'm still good. Like, so yeah. 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 And, and now your father came to know the Lord before he yeah. passed, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's another great, wonderful uh, joy to have, and and peace to know that, and comfort that you will see him again yeah. in eternity, right? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I see you you've got a, a, some songs here that you put out in in uh, 2021. You got the the flight school, Kamikaze, Carp- Carpe Diem, uh, Midnight Flight, which I really liked. Midnight Flight. That's one of my favorites. Oh, praise you God! Know? Praise God! Um, and then you got the Killer Bees. And then I was wondering, like, is there like a theme going on? Because like on these albums, like with, with um, well, not with those ones, but with your when you get on with like uh, Barlow, and then you got on with this Bordo, uh, I think that's his name, Jason Bordo. Yeah, Bordo. Yeah, Bordo. Um, yeah. It, it's never stop, and then never seen. I'm like, is there yeah. some theme going on here? There's never, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a. <laughs> I nah, just thought that was a funny coincidence. Yeah, it's just, it's just. It worked out that way in, the, yeah. in some of my features. That's why I picked them. But mm-hmm. it's like um, my whole thing is sky dreaming, and it's from Colossians three two, um, where you know God is you know set your mind on heavenly things, and mm-hmm. so it's you know I got this saying where the, you know I kind of flipped that that you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I I kind of flipped that saying on his head. I said you can't you can be no earthly good unless you're heavenly minded. You know what right, I mean? So it's right. like. The whole sky dreaming thing is that's why you see so much flying, so much imagery, mm-hmm. uh, imagery with the sky, and their songs just fit into what I'm already doing, you know, on my on my side, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's yes, but um, some of it was just coincidental, and then those yeah, my yeah. guys, so yeah, you know I mean, but it just fit in good. Yeah. So what does the process for you look like uh, when you come to write your music? Is it just, do you get the, the, the rhymes in your, your head that you're thinking of, or get a hook or get something, and then you start writing off that? Do you need a beat? Uh, do you yeah. put some of those together and then kind of fill it most in? Time, most times I get a beat. I, I get beats. And, mm-hmm. and I will, 
my process goes kind of like this. I'll have a direction I want to go and I want music that fits that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I reach out to producers for beats. And then once I find beats that I like, I listen to them hundreds of times. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to get a feel for the beat. To f- They call it marrying the beat. And what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do is marry the beat so I can, so I can, you know, get everything out of it before I start writing. Um, so I get all my ideas from that, from that process. And once I find the cadence, once I find the direction I want to go, I'll just mumble a bunch of nothing to the beat for, <laughs> you know, hours. And then once I figure out that cadence in the best, in the best way I sound, then I start plugging in words because a lot of the times I already know what I want to talk about and where I want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and then sometimes the beats give me that too. Like a mm. lot of times producers will send you a beat with the name of the beat tagged on it. You know what I mm. mean? And then if that, if that name of the beat um, resonates with me and resonates with the brand I'm creating and it sounds good, then I, then I'll pick that beat. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's all a process and it's intricate. Yeah. And it takes some time, but, um, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. Now I'm wondering because like, I always feel like I get an idea in my head Now I don't rap or anything, but like when I want to write an article or I want to do something, I always feel like I write something down and then, and there's been times where I've lost it, you know, because I didn't save it or whatever. And then I'm like, I can't remember exactly what I said. But it was yeah. I thought it was pretty decent, you know. So yeah. what do you do when you're you said you're you're kind of just like mumbling to try to uh put some stuff out there to go with the beat? Yeah, do you I, record I'm not, it or do you just yeah, like no, you, you know just, what? I'm not really when I'm doing that process, I'm not saying words. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I'm doing during that process is trying to find the cadence. Oh, okay. And what I mean by that is what's the best flow pattern that mm-hmm. matches this beat? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't waste a lot of lyrics. I know a lot of guys, they, I've heard people say if they don't like it, they will ball it up and throw it away. Right? I've never done that. I don't do that much because mm-hmm. I know that I can come back to it and use it somewhere else. So I have like my whole, even before this, even before the technology, I would have notebooks filled with unfinished verses or, and I just put them together somehow. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So when I start writing, I take so much time writing that it's nothing that I write down. That's not what I want to say. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't feel right throwing nothing away. And then on top of that, I feel sometimes that, well, most times I feel like God is helping me writing. You know what I'm saying? Cause I pray before I write. So it's like, I don't feel like none of that stuff is should be wasted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's me. That's me. That's how I feel. But I, I don't feel like none of it should be wasted. So if I if I have to walk away from it for a minute and just put it down, I don't force nothing either. I don't do mm-hmm. none of that. Like, um, if 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 I if I get to a point where I can't write anything else, I'll put it down and come back to it. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's intentional. Like I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't really throw nothing away. I don't waste yeah. no words at all. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, and and I, I don't know if you can hear it in the music, like everything, I try to make everything be, everything has to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
even if I even if I jump in between topics in the verse, they all have to make sense. It all has to be related to the theme of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know. A lot of thought goes into what I'm writing. Right. It's nothing arbitrary. Right. Right. Yeah. Now I see it on your hat, and you've mentioned it a few times. The Sky Dreamers. Um, do you, is this a? Do you have a clothing line? I believe. Yeah. Yes, I do. So you want to speak a little yeah. bit about that? Because we're coming down to like the last four minutes of the program. So maybe yeah, you yeah. Want to it's, share a little bit about that? Yeah, SkyDreamerApparel.com. You know what I mean? Like you can get all my stuff from there. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just it's just a a, a merch line that 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 helps build the brand, build mm-hmm. notoriety for the brand. And, you know, something that, you know, believers can wear, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they believe, you know what I mean? So right. I wanted, I wanted to make music that, that resonate, I mean, clothes and music that resonates with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so, yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, well, that's dot com. Yeah. Well, that's great, brother. You know, it's been good getting to know you on the program here and, and talk to you about these things. Cause like, uh, like I said, I've heard you in your music and then uh, we became friends online and, and I was like, I'd like to get this brother on the program. Uh, and so I'm really thankful that you was able to come on. Um, any last words, thoughts, anything you'd want to put out that maybe we didn't cover that you'd like to to let the listeners know about before we close up the program? Just, just you know, I, I think we, we covered everything that that I wanted to cover, you know what I mean, that, we, that you told me about. So I don't really have, other than, you know, just make sure you 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 you're dedicating your life to Christ. Um, make you know just make sure that you're starting with reading his reading his word, growing in that, learning theology. Theology is important. Learning the God of the Bible, who He is, and how He interacts with man, and how man should be interacting with Him. Um, learning these things in depthly and letting it change, you know who you are. Letting mm-hmm. it change your life. And that's the sanctification process. That's you growing and becoming more like Jesus Christ every day. And I give yourself over to that. Submit to that. Yeah. Um, cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And yeah, so that's that's what I would say. Being the Bible, get around good Christian people. We're gonna need that in these times. You see how crazy the world is. We gotta be around, we gotta fortify each other and be around each other and strengthen and and encourage each other and and um and uh fast pray and and grow you know yeah. so that's those are the words that i would leave yeah well again brother i do want to thank you if anybody wants to reach out to you or find your music where can they where can they do that uh anywhere they you listen to digital music uh spotify youtube google well it's not google play anymore youtube or google play but uh iphone I, I, itunes apple music Deezer, Tidal, anywhere you listen to music, my music is there. All right. Well, that's wonderful, brother. And thank you again. I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. I really do enjoyed having you on uh, and getting to know you uh, and hear your heart uh, behind the music. So thank you for coming on again, brother. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, that's been G220 Radio for tonight. Uh, Like I said, next week, I'm not exactly sure what we'll be doing, but this Thursday, we're going to be having a discussion with a universalist. And again, I don't know if that'll be on this platform or if you can go to the G220 Ministries uh, YouTube page platform and see it there. But either way, if you want to 
tune into that uh, discussion. Uh, hopefully uh, you'll get something out of it. Uh, uh, this universalist that we've been uh, having a conversation with is a guy out of Cleveland. I ran into him one time out there sharing the gospel and uh, he connected with me online and we've kind of been going back and forth a bit. And so hopefully it'll be edifying to the body and, and we can uh, uh, answer some of his objections that he has and, and, and point him to some of the truths that are, are found in the scripture uh, and, and understand that uh, there is a hell, there is a place yes, that we will go to if we <laughs> deny Christ. And so uh, that's a very important thing. So, uh, until then, this has been G220 Radio. God bless and good night. All right. I think we're clear here. Yeah, we're clear. That was supposed to play automatically and it told me to push the button. I'm like, why didn't, why is it doing that? But.